Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Communications Online. Yes, now I've got it right. But thank you, Ahmed Painter, Thomas R. Becker, famous author, artist. And he volunteers his time to help out different radio shows. I love him dearly, and he lives in Valdosta, Georgia. So all you Valdosta, Georgia people out there, please support Thomas R. Becker and his crafts and artwork. He's a wonderful painter and a good friend of mine in social media on Facebook. So join us. His name, he goes by Mad Painter. And uh, Aquarian Radio is Janet Lesson. So I'm trying to get people to know who the free social media people are out there that help us uh, get the word out as friends. And my friends are starting to help me on Patreon, give me a dollar a month or whatever they want to. (laughs) But Ronnie Dawson is going to call in. Um, Ronnie, I can't see you yet, but uh, we were just talking on my uh, cell phone. And uh, today we're going to do our paranormal show. Paranormal, you ain't going to believe this, in the trucking industry. I was a trucker, and I don't have my CDL anymore because I've gotten to be up in the age, and I can't really uh, use my back anymore because I had a uh, neck and back operation. I got some titanium, so now I'm a cyborg. That's what Ira Pastor called me. I love Ira. Ira Pastor. But um, I'm an author and uh, an artist myself, and uh, I, I'm also a member of Broadcast Music Incorporated, BMI, singer-songwriter, uh, and uh, I've I got started in my music ministry in Kentucky and took over spiritual. We're non-denominational and open to everybody. But I started a spiritual community called Ascension Center Organization, and uh, I also that was back in the 80s. But uh, in the gold pyramid, so I've got pyramid people in my life. Uh, my spiritual center is uh, right now Teresa J. Morris Ministries, and I'm not a guru, and I don't have a a bunch of people uh, come to my house or anything, but I do have my two daughters. We had a board of directors meeting today, and uh, it's pretty cool because we do two events a year uh, where my daughter works at Days In, and uh, so you know we're we're doing our best to help everybody in this time where we can't get out anyway uh, during this time. So Ronnie uh, is going to call in with Mary Jane from his house. Uh, and uh, he sent me uh, a little thing about what he's going to talk about today. And uh, on Saturdays, he uh, he may have a little group meeting when they can meet again. And uh, we're going to call that our uh, UAP Associates and our ACO Club. And uh, I just – American Communications Online is like the main company that we're doing – 
together, everybody. And then we've got uh, – <coughs> excuse me. I wonder if I'm, Ronnie's not showing here yet. Do I need to refresh? Let's see here. Uh, Ronnie, I can't see you yet. I, I was talking to you on LinkedIn, and uh, but you're going to have to call into the studio. But uh, he has, he lives out in Texas, and it's hard to get in and out with him, uh, which he admits. But we're going to try it anyway, weekly on Saturdays for paranormal. You ain't going to believe this shit. It's what we say in the trucking industry. But I love my truckers. I love my veterans, and I'm going to do my best to be as good and as you can. I don't smoke, don't drink, nor anything <laughs> uh, bad habits. But uh, sometimes I'll drink a pop, a coke. They call it down here in the South, everything's a Coke. And uh, we'll do our best to help you understand what we're doing with paranormal. we got a lot of friends in the paranormal business. And he, Ronnie is a UFO speaker. <coughs> well, Ronnie, are you calling in? <laughs> but uh, it'll be fun today. Uh, let me. There he comes. Okay, paranormal, you ain't going to believe this. Ronnie Dawson and TJ Marcy T. Our American Communications Online Paranormal Community is sharing stories. And Ronnie Dawson, patron, he's on my Patreon account, so he's promoting me. So thank you for that, Ronnie, because he knows I, I spend about 300 a month just to promote uh, my ideals in the spiritual paranormal UFO industries, and we've got aliencontact.org as ACO, Alien uh, UFO Association, Paranormal Association. But it's all under one roof as American Communications Online now, so I can pay the bills out of one company. And uh, that's our ACO club together. So uh, he gave me this, and he's going to help me weekly. But he said uh, it only makes sense that this is Ronnie talking. It only makes sense that the ET would want to protect their interest on the ground here in the U.S. from the COVID-19 virus. So I guess this is a timely show, being that we're on lockdown in our houses. <laughs> we don't have the bracelets on our, on our, on our ankle because that's too expensive, even when they do need them for the people that break the law. But we do everything at this radio station. All things allowed by law, okay? But we're law-abiding, uh, proud to be American citizens. Now, in my case, he says, now this is Ronnie talking again. In my case, they have went to all the trouble of growing a clone from my DNA, it appears, to take two and a half years Earth time. The purpose of the clone, among many, is the transference of physical conscience through the Stargate. I have talked to other contactees that have been given an inoculation from the coronavirus as well. Does inoculation have two ends? Uh, Ronnie, I can go back and fix that later. To my knowledge, no, <laughs> no contactee has yet to have contracted the virus. Wow, really? Yeah, I haven't got it either. I'm a contactee. I was transported to another world and got my physical conscience put into the clone for the first time in February 2020. They apologized for the inoculation but needed to protect their interest. <laughs> well, like I said, you ain't going to believe this. I was transported to a colony on a planet God only knows where. <laughs> there was a small town constructed of matching 60-style houses each having white picket fences, white houses, green lawns, and identical in construction. Looked like homes from 
the Leave It to Beaver. I'll have to put that in quotes there. Uh, he means on TV. Y'all remember Beaver, Leave It to Beaver, and the what was their last name? Cleaver, Beaver Cleaver, uh, Ronnie. Uh, the Cleaver's house, so nice streets, but not one car. A surgical tent was set up for a process. I would find out about it later. After a series of experiments, I was put on my physical body on Earth, had the inoculation marks on the back of the left knee. I got a picture, and I will attach it. So Johnny, uh, Johnny, it's Ronnie and Mary Jane of Texas. So they're helping me uh, with my Patreon account, and so go visit Patreon. It's www.patreon.com. We got some ideas for projects. You just have to scroll down. There's about 16 of them. Teresa J. Morris. And I think we're going to have Fridays for uh, Dave Emmons in the future. Uh, He's on another station right now. But he's in our good uh, groups, and he's going to do all kind of topics. But Ronnie likes to do paranormal UFO ET stuff, and he's a trucker like I was. So we know we uh, it gives people a chance to uh, check in. Now, we're doing three today, but we're going to start doing seven central. But let me bring Ronnie Dawson and anybody else he wants to bring on. Ronnie Dawson, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. Your dog. You, <laughs> Good to Was be here. Is that your dog? <laughs> yes, we had the neighbor kid just came up to the door to play with my son, so perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, welcome aboard. We appreciate all you ground troops out there spinning around smartly on the planet. Now, a lot of y'all may not know uh, Ronnie Dawson, but he has done, I think, at least two shows. You may remember Ronnie, but Ronnie decided to help me in my paranormal community, which really helps me because I've got UFO Association and Alien Contact Organization, ACO Club, Ascension Center Organization, and I work on spirituality on Wednesdays and Sundays and paranormal on uh Thursdays, no, Thursday is our oracle. We do psychic readings. But Saturdays, uh, me and Ronnie's going to do paranormal. So I'm going to let Ronnie take over uh, as a co-host on Saturdays, either 3 p.m. if he has to work at night, or 7 p.m. if he's able to get back and have his home parties uh, with his wife, Mary Jane. And Mary Jane's really good and uh, will help us, too. And she does Angel E.T. stories, too. And uh, uh, Ronnie, you're in our Authors Club, too, aren't you? Uh, you you've written a book, haven't you? Uh, yes, I got I got the Ronnie Dawson UFO story. That's, uh, uh, in fact, it, it's an e-book, and I keep adding chapters to it as new things happen. And I have another chapter to add right now on this encounter in February. So I keep updating this thing, and I didn't know they were selling a printed copy of the ebook, but apparently you, you, at Walmart you can buy a printed copy of my ebook right now. And wow! They won't have it. It's your. They won't have it in your. You'll have to. All over, like all over Walmart. You mean like in the world, or just in your in your town Walmart for your local author? How they uh, do you that? You have to order. You'll have to order it through Walmart. They won't. They don't keep it in stock unless we sell ten thousand of them. But uh, you can just go to your local Walmart 10, and order. Ten thousand. Yeah. Whoa! But you go to Walmart and tell them you want the Ronnie Dawson book, and they'll look it up on their computer or what? Yeah, and they'll, they'll, they'll just order it for you. All right. Is it, it on Kindle? <laughs> 
Uh, I said Barnes and Amazon? Noble, and uh, it's on Barnes, Barnes and Noble. It's on Amazon, and it's on Nook Press. I, I mean, there's several places you can buy it, and it's a printed version of the ebook. I didn't even know they could even they even were printing copies of my book. I had to buy my mom one at full price when we found out they were actually they actually had a printed copy of it. So, uh, and those things are like thirty bucks. And, and I wanted to tell everybody that if I if you if you buy one of these things and you ever see me at a conference or something, just wave it at me and I will make my way to you and sign it for you. Awesome. Now, what kind of UFO conferences did you go to, Bob Brown's? Because uh, I like Bob Brown. Uh, he does one with. Uh, Weren't you on the show with uh, Dr. Bruce Cornett? Because Bruce was one of his speakers, Dr. Bruce Cornett, this year. Or no, was it last year? No, it was this year in February. Uh, What UFO conferences are you able to go to as a truck driver? Which ones do you go to? Because you said conference. Which ones do you go to? Yeah, the Roswell UFO Festival, I'm there just about every year. And uh, a lot of times I try to make the Paranormal Festival down in Stephenville, Texas, that they have here. Wow. Okay, well, let us know every year. We'll promote them. I've been promoting that one in Roswell uh, forever. I love Roswell and the museum. And I I met Glenn Dennis when he was running that with Mr. Halt. who runs it now? Who's running that? I don't even know anymore. I've got to because you know I went. My husband died, then my daughter died, so I've been a caregiver. But I'm coming back to radio now. So, who's running that, Ronnie? Oh, they, they change it you every know? year. The city of Roswell, I think uh, Alexa, I guess somebody to take it for the year or whatever. And I'm not sure who's running it huh. this year, but I know I'll be there. I already have reservations. So I wow! I now, it. do you? Is it still around July 4th week? Go ahead. Yeah, it's going to be July 4th week in this year. You think they'll really have it, that we'll be off a lockdown? Uh, From what I hear now, they're pretty hard-headed about having it, and Roswell is not a real hospitable environment for viruses, so they're not really worried about the virus. If the state of New Mexico will let them have it, from what I understand, they will have it. What's it called? The UFO? I know they got a parade and they got the museums. Well, they got that TV show, July 8th, 1947, Roswell Incident. And they all celebrate all the books and stuff. It's called an annual UFO festival, folks. And, and Roswell continues despite coronavirus. March 17th, Ronnie. Now, they put that out. So I guess uh, annual. Then I guess they said the UFOs. Uh, I guess all the Roswell ET people and our TV shows, I just love Roswell, the show. Their annual UFO festival in Roswell remains a go despite coronavirus. So it's a go, like on contact, because we promote TV shows. But Ronnie's here to help me with Texas, and I guess New Mexico, Ronnie, because Ken Johnston is our rep in New Mexico. But uh, since you're going to the Roswell, New Mexico every year, uh, and you're already established as a speaker and a helper, because my my Roswell guy, Stan Friedman, died. He used to come on and help me, and we'd promote that. And uh, I hadn't talked to... uh, anybody lately but uh there's another guy out there that does radio but will you help me promote that roswell new mexico because you're going to be there Uh, right yeah all right uh, so they go ahead 
Uh, yeah, we're, I'm planning on being there, and I mean, they, they have a dog show, and they have so many different stages. You have to pretty much pick who you want to hear, because p- different people are speaking at different stages in different parts of town, and it's a it's a huge festival, and there's several thousands and thousands of people attend this thing, and they shut down Main Street, and uh, they have a UFO dog show, they have a UFO costume contest, and they have a big UFO parade, and they're going to have fireworks since it's going to be on July 4th weekend, so... It's going to be a big blowout up there. Awesome. Now, folks, I'm going to just tell you, it's the 25th, but the mayor, Ronnie, uh, is Mayor Dennis Kenty, or is that the right way? It's T-I-G-H. He says that there's no positive cases of COVID-19. Now, the the site of supposed UFO crash in 47 had an extent, uh, has an annual extraterrestrial festival, that draws thousands, and Ronnie has been going and is a speaker and has a he'll hold your book up if he if you see him, and uh, we'll make sure y'all know what Ronnie looks like, and I'm going to grab his picture again, but I know he's on our ACO Club dot app, and uh, Ronnie's going to be here doing paranormal, and we'll discuss ET ACO Club app dot. Let me see if I can pull your your uh, picture up, Ronnie, on acoclub.app. Uh, let me see if I put app Ronnie Dawson. If you Did you notice, does your page come up Ronnie Dawson on the ACO Club directory? Did you see uh, it? I haven't seen it. I would, yeah, I need, I'd need. like to get that link that way I can share it. Uh, I haven't seen okay, the page a- yet. All right. Well, what I'll do is I'll uh, go back on your directory and put you under paranormal but I've got a lot of work to do on my directories, folks. Depends on the, a lot of my people that are my project managers uh, want me to go. Uh, I had a talk with a couple of them today, or no, was it yesterday on email? But uh, even a, a mad painter with uh, Revolution Radio, he manages that. But he said Rev comes first because he's having to run Mike Ringley because Mike passed. And uh, you know, I want to do. I was on there, but. Uh, what it was is I was getting confused as to whether they wanted me to market for Revolution Radio, but I, I said it the other day. Now, I'm on here, Ronnie. I'm on acoclub.app. Oh, there's your – okay, now on the right-hand side in red, folks, it says Ronnie Dawson. Now, I'm going to click on it and go look and see. But this is going to be his first show on Saturday, Paranormal. You ain't going to believe this. So we're giving him a title show. Ronnie Dawson and me, TJMRCT. And we're going to, uh, you can go to Ronnie Dawson on acoclub.app and uh, look at Ronnie. And uh, we'll start putting this show on acoclub.app. And also, I think I'm going to promote him on ACIR Radio. But at least today, folks, we want you to uh, promote. Ronnie Dawson, or at least talk about Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie, you got your own page. It says Ronnie Dawson. There's a picture of him in front of a mount. What is that? It's not a mountain. It's a something. But Ronnie's in an orange shirt. It's I've got Ronnie Dawson, right. ACO Club. Oh, I do have ACIR Radio, so I'd already decided to put you in my ACR Radio Club. So he's going to be in the ACO Club and the ACIR Radio Club. Now, what is that tall? I used to see him as a truck driver. Uh, it's sort of like uh, it's not a. Is it, do they call that a mountain? It's sort of a pointed castle-looking 
Is that called a mountain or a stella or what is that called? They actually it's they call it ship head. rock. It's a, yeah, they call oh. it ship rock out of New Mexico. It's just uh, out in the plains, man. This rock just shoots up out of the plains, and uh, it's a. Uh, I, I guess the Indians and everybody think it's uh, you know has a lot of paranormal association and uh, kind of a holy spot, really. They they don't like you messing around over there, really. <laughs> so, but it's amazing when you see this thing. So I I had to get a picture of it in the background. It almost looks like a crash. That's a nice pitch. Yeah, it could be the top of one. Like uh, remember, uh, not content. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, because uh, Steven Spielberg had all that inside information. But if you remember, it does because the top of those look like the top of that really big mothership that came in. Over Devils, what was that Devils something in Wyoming? Devils, Devils Tower. But the top of this mountain uh, that Ronnie is standing in front of can be like a a ET UFO ship that turned into rock underneath the ground. It would be the top with all the, uh, I don't know what you call them, crystals or what. We use them off planet as crystals, but Ronnie Dawson, ACO Club, and then ACR Radio. But right now we're on Blog Talk Radio, one of my resources I pay for. But I've, I've got I've got about 300 a month where I spread it around in a budget for American Communication Online, which is just like the main. Uh, we got approved Ronnie for uh, to accept credit cards on our club, Ronnie. Uh, to uh, the last two days, authorized.net, Ronnie. So, uh, but Ronnie's going to run our paranormal division, and uh, he's agreed. Him, our Mary Jane, <laughs> Marjuana Jane, <laughs> but she does angel stuff. She does doing. Uh, 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 tell me her name on uh, doing angels. Now, what she does? She like angels, or she calls extraterrestrials, or believes all the higher people. How did Mary Jane get that angel, uh, do an angel? Give, give me the name of her Gmail uh, again. Yeah, it's a, her huh? Gmail is doing it off her huh? angel at gmail.com. And, uh, and her angel is actually her oldest daughter, and her daughter was taken away from her here several years ago by her grandparents, and she fought most of her life to get her back, and we, we finally did get her back eventually, but we had to like go to court many times, and it was a struggle. And she kind of made that as her, she just, uh, that that was her goal in life, you know, was to get her daughter back. And it took a lot of fighting and a lot of court and a lot of arguing, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of doing better, well, you know. Let me so make sure I've got it right. right. Doing it off, is it doing it off OFF, her angel? Off her no, angel, off. is that it? Oh, On or off? Doing it Wait, I still don't have it. Doing, doing it, it off, off. O- O-N or O-F-F? Oh, doing uh, it all. A- well, no wonder she didn't get it. Doing <laughs> it all for Angel. Right, right. Finally got yeah, it right, she's, folks. And she's a genetic researcher. Uh, she does DNA. She finds people's parents, uh, people who are adopted and stuff like that. She finds their natural parents, and and, and she's really good into that stuff, and She's been, I think, she's oh, probably really? going to do a TV spot at some point. Yeah, she's, done, she's like a search angel. 
and she helps she's helped people find their parents and help people find their siblings that didn't know they had any and we've recently found uncles that were hers because her mother was adopted and so she's gotten really good at it and and, she, and in fact they were thinking about giving her they were talking about giving her a show on TV at one point Wow, yeah, they were doing all those genetic shows for a while, and I haven't seen any in a while, but uh, we can do that, uh, too, on our ACO club, because I pay for uh, Crowdcast, and we can get, at least put it on on uh, YouTube, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, she'd be happy to did, all about that. And, how did yeah, I get She can find... And it brings down, sometimes it's the ugly truth, you know, the, you can find the ugly truth about your family that's been hidden all these years, like people who have brothers and sisters that didn't know that it existed, you know, and stuff like that, so. Wow. Well, we've gone from the annual UFO festival in Roswell to angels and DNA, but folks, we, you never know what we're going to talk about here uh, on the paranormal show. It's going to be, you ain't going to believe this. We're, <laughs> but uh, Ronnie and Mary Jane out of Texas now, so y'all be sure and tune in, and they'll promote the Roswell UFO for us annually to remind us to go there uh, July 4th, since we don't have Stanton Friedman anymore. Now, uh, Ronnie, uh, on this Associated Press that they they let go March 17th, it was on the New York Post. It made New York Post through Associated Press. Uh, an alien on display during the 2011 Roswell, but they used that. I guess it was open source. But they have KOB TV reports, the UFO Festival Roswell, July 3 through 5, Ronnie. And the organizers say they do have plans for it, okay? Now, Jan, uh, Ronnie, write down Molly Boyles is the Main Street Roswell board member that's spokesperson. M-O-L-L-Y-B-O-Y-L-E-S, in case anybody asks us. Now, she says she's one of the organizers. Wait, let's see. She's a Main Street Roswell board member. So I guess the Main Street has to have a board to help run the city and the, and the, and the festivals, uh, probably like where I lived in Beaverdam, Kentucky, and helped Ohio County. But Molly Boyle says the organizers still have time, so don't cancel or don't postpone. But she's saying, as far as they know, unless the government agencies you know, come down on them, so to speak. So Boyles is the owner of Once Again Consignment and Resale Shop there. So she doesn't plan to close her doors even now. So uh, Roswell Mayor Dennis Kintig, K-I-N-T-I-G-H, says the city so far has no positive cases of COVID-19. So the site's supposed UFO crash in 1947 has an extraterrestrial festival that draws thousands. So Ronnie and I are supporting Roswell and the E.T., Extraterrestrial Festival, okay? That's what I do on TJ T Radio. I promote ET festivals. Now, some of us may call them aliens, greys, ETs, angels. Uh, we may or may not all be talking about the same thing here weekly on the Paranormal Show but uh, with Ronnie Dawson, but uh, Ronnie's helping me, and I'm going to help him. So y'all just get ready for it. Now, today, Ronnie's had... For y'all in the ACO Club and on Patreon that don't follow us yet, go to patreon.com forward slash Teresa J. Morris. There are so many Teresa Morrises I had to put a J in there. 
But, uh, Ronnie, I'm going to let you start because I'd like you to tell people uh, when we start these shows, because we're doing, you know, I'm an archivist and a researcher and recorder for UFO Association 2 with Jan Aldrich, and we do live books or audio books here. But I want you uh, to go ahead because this is going to be like a form of an audio book every two hours every Saturday. So on this book, I want you to tell people just sort of like you were talking on a, on a book and tell people who you are, a little about your past, and then how you got into this uh, paranormal ET radio with me. And then we'll go into your latest story. Okay, you understand we're trying to make a chronological linear timeline, all right? And then uh, we'll get into what I wrote about today, the latest episode. So start from the beginning, Ronnie, because we're like starting all over because this is our real first in a series. It's going to be Series 1, Episode 1 with Ronnie Dawson on our paranormal. You ain't going to believe this show. So take it away, Ronnie, and I'm going to mute. So until you need me, you just have to say, TJ, unmute if you want me, okay? Well, it yeah. turns you off. You, you back? You back, Ronnie? <laughs> I'm can back. Can you hear me now? Actually, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, it knocks you off nope. or something. But that's if, if I lose him, folks, I'll unmute. Okay, but did you hear anything I said about starting from the beginning and introducing yourself? Could you hear me or no? Yes, I Yes, I heard you. Uh, it, it kicked me off, and then I came back, and I, I caught the end of it there. So. <laughs> oh, well, then now what I was like, telling everybody is this This is going to be our first uh, paranormal, you ain't going to believe this. We're doing like audio books for the paranormal, you ain't going to believe this. So this is series one, episode one, just like you do TV sh- shows. <laughs> Excuse me, like uh, – Audio books. I gotta get some water. I've been talking too long, <clears throat> but I'm I'm fine, folks. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with me. Government, don't come get me. <laughs> don't come get me. Don't please. I'm fine. There ain't nothing wrong with me. All right, Ronnie. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna mute, and you're gonna take it away and give everybody your background and how you got into doing uh, this paranormal stuff. And then we'll catch them all the way up and finish with uh, catch up to today's story. But start back who you are, where you come from, you know, that you're a trucker, and how you got into all this. So I'm going to mute, okay? Audio okay. book one, Ronnie Dawson. Here we go. All right. Thank you, Teresa. <laughs> and this is not a good time to be coughing. You know, people look at you funny when you cough nowadays. <laughs> so people be getting some distance from you. But uh, – Anyway, yeah, we're we're doing this paranormal show, and uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about ETs and Bigfoots and ghost stories, and uh, it's going to encompass everything, and, and we'll be dragging different people into the conversation at time to time, so you never know exactly what we're going to talk about, but it, it's guaranteed to be interesting, and everybody's got stories out there, and uh, and we don't talk about it a lot, but there's some, there's some great stories out there, and, and me being a, an ET experiencer, uh, I I get people seeking me out all the time to tell me stuff because uh, they know I'm gonna believe them. They're not gonna know I'm not gonna ridicule them. So I've I've heard some interesting stories and I've got some interesting stories. So uh, we definitely have we have enough uh, information here to keep you entertained. But uh, let me I'll tell you a little bit about 
who I am, where I came from. Like I said, I was, I'm just an old truck driver. I'm nobody special. I'm not a, you know, and I I go out there and work for a living. Uh, I'm not a radio person, and, and uh, that's you know, and that's that's my downfall probably. But the reason I'm not famous right now is because I'm just an old truck driver. But uh, I spent most of my life out here in the oil fields, and I've seen everything. But everything I think could be explained, you know, about. 2009, I started seeing some stuff out here that I couldn't explain. We seen lights in the skies that would drop down to the ground for a few seconds, pop back up in the air, and then disappear. Sometimes they'd be joined by different lights, and then later on, we started. I started seeing some UFO craft, and these UFO craft would just like you'd see the lights, and then you could start to see you could see a little bit of the outline of the craft, and then the whole thing would just blink out. And you know, this is the kind of stuff that you just can't you can't write it off, and you can't explain it away and and it's, it really starts making you question okay you know there's something going on maybe it hadn't always been going on because like i said i've spent a lot of time out here in the middle of nowhere texas out some of the most rural places you could ever imagine and i didn't see anything up until about 2009 and, and i've been doing this since 1985 so i was kind of a ufo skeptic because i if there was some of this stuff really going on i should have seen it by now and i hadn't but about 2009, we, I started seeing stuff I just couldn't explain, just stuff that was fascinating and odd, and it was exciting to watch. Uh, it was exciting to watch uh, until this stuff started getting it. When I, when I started seeing the ships, uh, then it got a little eerie. It got a little scary then because it was like, you know, you don't know who these things, who these people are, where these things come from, or what they're going to do with you. And you're out there in the middle of nowhere. And, and a lot of times I'm in a crew transport, so I don't really have the means to escape except on foot. And it'd be easy to chase me down because I'm a big, I'm a pretty heavy set guy and I run out of breath quickly. So I ain't much of a chase. But the thing was, it was, uh, it, it was exciting to see this stuff. And then, and uh, the first thing that really blew me away was I was headed south to Sickle Station. I seen a roll of lights come on in the sky. And these were not lights that shine out of a light. It was like a illumination inside of a porthole opening of some craft that is huge in size and that you can't, it's at night, so you can't see what the craft looks like. But you can see that it's got some big old circular openings that are got to be 20 feet in size and there's illumination of white light shining out of each one of them. And I think three of them broke off and they traveled quickly over to a field to my left as I was headed south out of Cisco, Texas. And, and this blue beam shot down to the ground. And then I looked down on the ground and, and, and there was something, it looks like a bobblehead doll out there. And it's got this yellow green light glowing around it. And then I'm looking at this blue light and I'm trying to figure out what this is. And like I said, three lights are out to the field, out in the field, and the other, and the other six lights are still above my head. So this thing is like part of the craft broke off in the travel over here. And I, and when I got closer and was taking all this in on my driver's side window, while I was looking looking out of my driver's side window, and I looked in the blue light, and, and there was a cow in the light about 30 feet up off the ground, and it was whipping its head from side to side, and this bobblehead doll thing was looking thing was down on the ground surrounded in this yellow green light and at that point i had seen everything i cared to see i, I mean I, I just really wanted to get the heck out of there because before that i was thinking about stopping and taking trying to find a camera an accident camera in the truck to take a picture but after i seen all that 
I decided this my best move would be just to keep going. So, you know, it really blew me away at that point, and I and I. And, and I started filing these MUFON reports, but I didn't give them all the details by no means. And I had friends that said, man, do not. You know, these guys are all tied in with the government. Don't tell them anything. But they were mad that I even made a report. But I made enough of a report that I could keep track of the date of when it happened and where it happened. And I just wanted to see if anybody else had seen it. You know, it's like somebody besides me surely has seen some of this stuff. And so I made very edited MUFON reports, and and anyway, Teresa Turner was the head uh, UFO investigator for MUFON. I actually talked to her. She's actually come out to some of my sighting stuff, and uh, and we talked personally. And uh, but like I said, I don't trust these guys, man. I mean, she was trying to convince me it was like secret military craft or something like that, like the secret space force craft and and it, and it was just i was just sitting there going you know my buddy told me to just agree with whatever they say don't give them any more information than you have to and so i gave them a very edited down report and said yeah i think some strange lights don't know what it was they assured me it was just some kind of a secret space program or something that our government has in wraps and and, and not to worry about it it's us you know so, and it may be i don't know who it is but i can guarantee you that it's, it's probably not us after what i've seen some of the stuff later uh, you know, and then, and then a little bit later on, uh, you know, I seen these lights, and I seen the, I seen the craft, and these craft had these lights that would slowly rotate around them counterclockwise, and and I watched this stuff, and then I I was trying to get some pictures of it, and and it was like I'm watching them, but they're watching back because I would grab my, I'd grab my camera or my cell phone off the off the dash of the truck to get a picture, and all of a sudden it would just blink out, like like it was like they were watching me. They were just comfortable with letting me watch them, but as soon as I grabbed a camera or something to get a picture of it, it would just blink out, and one of them actually tilted and then blinked out, and it's very hard and very frustrating to try to get a picture uh, of one of these things because you know, they're watch- you're watching them, but they're watching back, and they're not just going to sit there and let you take load your camera full of pictures of them, you know, and, uh, and it, like I said, in these areas that I'm seeing these things, there's no houses, there's Thick trees. I mean, nobody would be flying an RC plane or, or a drone or anything out there. And I've been close enough that even if it was a drone, you would have been able to hear the engines of the drone running. I have a drone myself. I know how that what they look like. I know how they sound. And these aren't drones. They're way too big to be drone. And I asked some of the people I talked to. Said, "Have you seen them? Yeah, I've seen them." They told me, and they. And I said, "Well, what do you think they are?" And they said, "They're they're military helicopters running stealth." You know. Stealth operations at night, and and I was like, you know, everybody's got their own perception of what it is, but you know, helicopters are very noisy. And when you're within a hundred yards of one, you, if nothing else, you can hear the blades chop in the air. And these things are perfectly silent. And uh, and the one that I seen that tilted and took off, it made such a high pitched buzzing sound it almost irritated my ear. It's it almost like a fly flew in your ear, and. It was so loud and and such a hum, and, and when it took off, and it just blinked right out faster than you could even imagine. And I mean, the, I noticed the first thing they do is the lights don't stay on as they leave. The lights go out and then they take off. So it's almost like the lights are a byproduct of the thing staying idle too long. It's one of the concepts that I've come to blame after watching all these things. So, 
Anyway, I, I, I seen two crafts in like seven days. I went up there to my old buddy's house, which is, his name was Alan Ostrasil, and he lived here in Ranger. And I said, hey, man, let's let's get some video of this thing. Let's get some footage of this thing, you know. And he, he agreed to it. And he, and he had a great place out in the dark on top of a hill. It was a great place to UFO watch. So we were up there, and, and I... He had the camera, and I had a green 250-milliwatt laser, like a little more powerful than a classroom laser, but it shoots a green beam of light probably five miles. And, and I wanted to just shine this thing at the UFO to see if it deviated the beam. And it, and it, it is an out-of-the-box thinking scientific experiment that you could afford to perform on a UFO. And I don't know if anybody's ever thought about it, but we thought about it, and I wanted to see – if this thing was been in time and space, like Bob Lazar had suggested, that if it would make the light beam appear to bend. And so I wanted to fire this laser beam around this thing to see if it was actually bending this, this, the fabric of space around the craft. So uh, we wasn't seeing anything. And then all of a sudden, uh, he's at my buddy, was, Alan was the first one that seen it. He goes, look, he said, dude, is that, is that what you're talking about? And I looked up, and a four-light craft had ca- appeared, and it had to be like 400 yards from us and i said that's it al that's what i've been seeing and i and i got my laser up and i fired that laser and i I got to thinking to myself said man that laser if they take this wrong this this could go very bad for both of us so i shined this laser up at the craft i shined this laser around the craft and i was looking for beam deviation now alan's job was supposed to be grabbing the camera and filming this thing but you have to understand alan had never seen a ufo before and, and I don't really think he believed in UFOs. Uh, he was willing to help me look for UFOs, but I don't think he believed, really believed that there was this thing as UFOs. He was just willing to lend a friend a hand and hang out and look for them, you know. So uh, I'm sitting there shining a laser all around this thing. Then I said, I'm going to shine it on it, Al. I'm going to see if it makes a reflection. So I shined it on the craft. And the craft, it looked this laser, I mean, if you shine it on the side of a car, it's gonna you're gonna see a reflection off of, of it. Maybe not like a mirror where it would shoot it off in a different direction, but it would definitely gonna light up around where the laser hits it. So I, I shine this laser on the craft, and this thing just completely absorbed the laser. I mean, the beam just stopped dead in in the air. I mean, it didn't pursue any further than the craft. It just hit the craft and stopped dead in its track. And this thing just absorbed every bit of the light. You couldn't see any glowing around where the beam was hitting the crap at all. It just completely absorbed the thing. And I looked over to Alan, and I thought, man, I hope they don't fire something back at us. And I said, I hope you're catching this on camera. And I looked over at him, and he was standing there with his hands on his hips, and his mouth was wide open. And he was looking up at this thing, and he was going, my God, what do you think it is? <laughs> and I said, Al, man, the camera, you're supposed to be filming this. <laughs> And uh, he said, oh, my God, the camera, and he grabbed it. He grabbed the camera, and he was trying to get it up and running. And uh, this thing, I guarantee you, all the lights just blinked out, and it just disappeared. You couldn't hear You couldn't hear it shooting off. You couldn't hear a sound or nothing. It just blinked out. Oh, it was probably 100. There's four lights within about a 100-yard area, and this thing just, all the lights just went out. And, I mean, you couldn't hear, see it shoot off or nothing. And it, and I was going, wow, man! I can't believe you're just sitting, you're watching this thing right beside a camera, and never think, never thought to grab the camera and point it and record anything. You know, he was just fascinated by it. You know, but it was it was really great to have somebody for the first time that actually saw something besides me. You know, because people just you know they they 
they'll listen to your story and they don't maybe discount you, but you know they don't really buy into what you're seeing unless they actually see it themselves. And and I understand. I'm kind of like that myself. You know, if somebody told me something like that. You know, you know, somebody could tell you there's a purple elephant out and you're eating the grass off your front lawn, and uh, you could listen to the story, but you're not going to believe it until you walk out in your front yard and see that thing eating the grass. You know, and then it, it's a whole different experience at that point. But it was nice to have somebody who had actually seen something other than me. So, and so we had that little experience. And the next night, I remember, uh, it's when things got really got weird. Is because uh, I came home from work, and in the afternoon, and I have a house cat. And my house cat, uh, I noticed when I come into my house home from work, that my house cat is usually there to greet me, and he's not there anywhere. I start looking around the house. He's not in the house. I look in, I look all through the house, and I look in, the, in one of the old bathrooms that I, there's, I have. Like my home has like an, a bathroom I use a lot. Then it has an old bathroom that's seldom, seldomly ever used. It's more like a half bath, and there's a big, huge hole chewed in the floor, and my cat is missing. And, and this hole is big enough that a cat can get through. And I'm thinking, my goodness, how did the heck did that cat chew a hole in that floor? Because this cat's declawed. I can't imagine a cat being able to chew a hole through a wood floor big enough to escape the house. And so I'm kind of frustrated that there's a big hole in my floor, that the cat is missing. And so now I've got two problems, you know, that I have to deal with after a long day's work. So my first job, job one is trying to find the cat. So I start calling the cat. I start looking for the cat. And I call the cat, and I could hear him meowing up underneath the house. So he's definitely went through the hole, I thought. And he's up underneath the house, so I'm trying to get the cat out of here, and I'm like trying to get him to come to me. And so I, at one point, I even stick my arm in the hole, and I'm reaching around in there trying to grab this cat. And uh, I can hear him yelling, but I don't feel it. I'm not feeling anything around there. And uh, so I pull my arm back out. I look up down in there, and there's these two evil eyes look, staring up at me. And I I don't know if it's a cat or not, but you could see something. I didn't feel anything, but when I pulled my arm out, there was something pretty evil looking, staring up at me, and I could see the reflection off of its eyes uh, from the light in the bathroom shining through the hole. And and I thought, man, you know, I was crazy for sticking my arm in there. It could have been anything. There's no time it could be a skunk. It could have been a possum. It could have been a raccoon. It could have been anything up underneath that house. And I'm lucky they even brought back my arm in one piece, and I thought, that's don't do that anymore. No, that's crazy. Don't. The cat might be under there, but I don't even know what else is under there. So I go to the side of the house, and, and I pull the rock, and I see where the rocks had, had been kind of pulled out from whether you, you crawl up underneath my crawl space to my house, and you go up under there to level the house to do, work on the plumbing, and this thing has been pulled out, and, and it's a pretty heavy rock, and I can't imagine what would pull it out. This this rock is pulled out, and I'm like, well, it's, it's pulled out enough a cat can escape from there if he wanted to. And I was like, well, it's a miracle the cat didn't escape from where the, the rock is pulled out. But I called the cat. I could hear him meow. And then all of a sudden I seen him. He come to the opening and I grabbed him and pulled him out from there. And I pushed the rocks and sealed the thing back up. And then I took the cat in the house and I locked him in one of the other bathrooms. And I had to go out and get some 30-year tin that I just put on my roof the summer before. And I got some big metal screws and I screwed this big heavy tin down over this hole just as a temporary patch to keep the cat from going down there again and keep anything from down underneath the house crawling into my house 
and uh, just you know, pretty frustrating. Now, it's not the kind of stuff you want to do after a long day's work. You know, uh, I really had hoped I'd kick, kick back and relax for a little while instead of doing all this. And uh, it just didn't happen like that. So, uh, so I ended up, I packed this hole, and uh, and I messed around a little bit. And it was getting time for bed, and so I remember going there. And I lay down, I lay down in my bed, and. Uh, I know sooner my bed. I know sooner hit this bed, and uh, and like I said, my house. I leave enough lights on to move around, to go to the kitchen, get a drink, to go to the bathroom without falling over stuff. So my house is not completely dark. It's fairly well lit, probably lit more than most people would like it. Uh, just soft lighting is the way I usually keep my house. So so you can move around. And anyway, I, I lay down in this bed, and all of a sudden I hear dishes and stuff breaking in the kitchen. And I know sooner lay down. And I'm like, oh, man, this cat is really bugging me tonight, man. He's really making me mad. Now, now i got to get up and go see what the heck this cat has gotten into. So uh, I'm fixing to get up out of this bed and go see what the cat has getting into in the kitchen. And when I noticed when I tried to get up, I couldn't. It was like my, it was like my shoulders were like pinned to the bed. I mean, I, I felt perfectly normal. I thought. I can't get up. You know, what's wrong? And I thought, first I thought, I was thinking, man, there's something medically wrong with me. I can't, for some reason, I can't, I'm paralyzed and can't move. I don't know what's going on, if it's medical or what. Then I'm, and I can kind of tilt my head and I'm kind of looking out, out the doorway and all of a sudden I see the cat and he's looking very nervously back towards the kitchen and then I hear dishes moving around again. I hear cabinet drawers opening. I hear a lot of noise in there, and I'm going, oh, man. And the cat is looking really nervous back towards the kitchen. So I know whatever's making the noise is something in the house other than me and the cat. And so the cat, he actually comes into the room and jumps in bed with me. And I could still hear noises in there. And then all of a sudden I see, I can't, like I said, still paralyzed in this bed. I can't move. All of a sudden I'm looking towards the doorway. My head is facing out the doorway. And... And I see something run streak across the door in the living room. And this thing, whatever this thing is, moving like it, nothing I've ever seen before. This thing is lightning fast. It's so fast, it's just a blur went by. You couldn't even, your eyes couldn't even focus enough on it to even tell what it was. But it was small, short, and faster than anything I've ever seen in my whole life. And this thing went ran by the doorway, and then it ran back the other way, and it ran by the doorway so Fast both times, I still couldn't see what it was, and then all of a sudden, a second one came in, and it ran across the doorway, and then the first one ran across back across the doorway again, and then this time, uh, one of them ran across my vertical wall. It ran up on my vertical wall, and then run the full length of my vertical wall, probably about three and a half feet off the floor, and, I, and after seeing it, I thought, oh man. Okay, you know, I I was really hoping at this point it was squirrels or raccoons or something because I've had squirrels get into my house before they fall through the drop down ceiling and I have to get a welding glove and a trout net and catch them. And I was really hoping it was something explainable, but when I seen that thing run across that vertical wall, I knew at that point that whatever this thing is is not probably from around here, and it probably had a whole lot to do with what we what went on last night and. Uh, and I'm like, the fact that I'm still paralyzed in this bed, that something's in my living room running ver- across vertical walls pretty much tells me that this is a visitation from something from somewhere else, and God only knows what they're going to do. 
And these things were running around and they're opening cabinets, open drawers, they act like they're looking at stuff. They knocked over a computer, a lamp at the computer and it broke. And so things are getting broke. These things are running around. And there's two of them running around. They almost act like they were playing chase at one point. They stopped searching for stuff and they started running around chasing each other. <coughs> and, um, and then the third one came into the scene, and he ran in there, and he stopped right in front of the door. And he, he was on off. When he stopped, I could see him crystal clear, plain as day, 10 feet away. And this thing run in on all fours, and when he stopped, my eyes could focus on him perfectly. And this thing reared up from, from being on all fours and stood on its back legs. And this thing had to be about 18 inches tall. It had a humanoid-looking face. It had a... It almost looked like it was wearing a body armor. It looked like a small human, except for the fact it had this body armor-looking shell on it. And even the shell itself had thorn appendages sticking out of it. Like, if you grabbed this thing, it would hurt you because it had big thorns sticking off of it. And I don't think it – I don't know if it was a body armor or an exoskeleton. It looked it looked to me like an exoskeleton on this thing. And – uh and it had it, did, it had big eyes, but they were squinting like what little light in the room was actually too much for it. Like it was, it was almost blinding it. it you know, it's almost like it it could see better in perfect darkness than it could in in a in a well lit room. And uh, this thing stopped. It looked at the other two as if to scold them, and I didn't hear it making any sound. And I thought, man, you know, these things can do whatever they want to. They just stay out of this bedroom. And, but that didn't happen. All three of them ran up underneath that bed, and they were shaking that bed. They were lifting the whole bed. And at this time, I probably weighed 280 pounds. They were lifting me, the mattresses, the bed frame. The whole bed was going up there and slamming back to the floor. And I was just bouncing off this mattress when they were doing it. And uh, I was sitting there going, oh, my God, these things are amazingly strong, man. And uh, and I'm just still trapped here. And the cat, he takes off that mattress and he slides around the, the doorway, getting the heck out of there. And I was like, man, you know, this cat just abandoned me and just left me here to die. But I didn't see anything chasing or anything, you know. And and the next thing I know, the bed stopped bouncing. I was I was grateful for that. But the next thing I heard was clawing. I heard him clawing to the cover of the box springs underneath the bed. I could feel their claws clawing at the on the box and the metal frame underneath this, like a, you know, a box frame is nothing but a wood box and it's got like a, uh, some wood on it and it's got like a metal, like a fencing wire on the top of this thing. And and later I had got up underneath there, I could see where they clawed into it and I could see where they had some, they had claw marks on the wood, but it wasn't like tiger claw marks that cut into it. It was like some kind of stout, like grizzly marks where it would claw at that thing. And you can see where they grabbed that wire and they pulled on it so hard they actually bent it. And uh, so they they couldn't get through. The, I don't know why. They were trying to get dig through the mattress for some reason from the back of me. And uh, and they couldn't get through that wire or whatever. And and I noticed the next thing. And I was sitting underneath thinking, man, these things are going to kill me. And I, and, I, and I just, you know, I was terrified. But, you know, if you've ever been terrified in this situation, you could you'd be terrified for a while, and then you just build a you can build a rage. It's like you're gonna die. You, so your choice is to either fight for your life, or just let them or stay in fear and let them kill you. 
and and I just got angrier, 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 and and I I had this plan. I said I'm gonna whatever it takes. I'm gonna break free. I got a golf bag in the corner. I'm gonna grab this club out of the golf bag, and I'm gonna go on an alien killing mission here, or they're gonna kill me. Or, or I was thinking at this point it's either me or them. One somebody's gonna die here, and so I tried to break free from whatever was holding me. And this time it affected my heart, my breathing so hard, and it hurt so bad that I felt like it almost killed me. I felt like it. I could tell that it felt it messed with the, the beating of my heart. It messed with my ability to breathe. And, and if I'd have fought it any harder, it could have made me go unconscious or die. And and, it, and when I realized I couldn't break free, I just give up. And I just thought, man, I'm completely at their mercy. There's nothing I can do here. I'm, uh, they can kill me if they want. There's nothing I can do about it at this point. Nothing. And then I heard them. They went over to the. They went over there. I had a gun cabinet right next to the bed, but I can't get to it. I'm frozen in this bed. When I heard them, I heard them over at the gun cabinet, and they're pulling on it, trying to get to it. And I'm thinking, I've got this thing locked. You suckers are out of luck here because you ain't gonna get in there because I know I can't. I, I know I got it locked. My, my girlfriend's got kids that, that come over, so I make sure to keep this thing locked. I've got all sorts of guns in there, and uh, and I know it's locked. Next thing I know, uh, you know, everything went quiet. I didn't hear them digging around in the gun cabinet. I didn't hear them open the doors of the gun cabinet. Everything just went quiet, and I thought, wow, that's good. Quiet is good compared to what's been going on in here. Quiet is good. And then all of a sudden, my body just like acted like a robot. I, my body leaped out of that bed, and I was madder than heck and I grabbed and I cussed real loud and I grabbed that golf club out of that bag and, and I was so freaking angry and I was determined to kill something and this was something I had tried to do five minutes earlier it seemed like five minutes earlier and and I gave up because I couldn't do it and all of a sudden it was like I tried to do this and it was like when they released me that was the first signal my brain processed and it was like what I had tried to do got done without my permission. So my body was like a robot acting on its own, which freaked me out because from the time I was a baby until now, uh, my body does everything I tell it to do. <laughs> but this time it, it was, it was doing something I had wanted it to do five minutes earlier, but I'm standing there and I got the golf club in my hand. I'm madder than heck. And so I thought, well, it's time to go on the alien hunt and find these daggone things, man. So I, I looked around all the dark corners of my house and, uh, found the cat hiding and uh but the the tin the tin that i had put over that floor and i had screwed the, down into the wood those things had they had pulled the screws right out of the wood they had bent that tin and that tin is tough that tin is it's hard to bend that tin and they had bent that tin up that i had bolted over that floor and uh, they had went out the same way they come in and then it occurred to me that they probably made the hole and they probably took, I don't know if the cat escaped down there or they had grabbed the cat and dragged him down there. And these things had probably been in my house God knows when. So I thought, oh, man, you know, here, this is a E.T. encounter right here firsthand, right here in the home. But I called my buddy Alan, and I told him the next day, I said, I'm going to need your help over here, Alan. And Alan come over to the house, and I said, uh, I told him what all went down that night before. He said, well, he said, you know, we did probably piss them off shining that laser at them. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, but I, I can't live. I can't sleep in this house if I don't go underneath there. I said, the thought of these things nesting up under my house, I said, I, I can't live here. 
without going up under there checking it out. So uh, Alan was my backup guy. He st- he stood outside. I crawled up underneath. I crawled up underneath the house with a pistol and a knife and a flashlight, and I searched every dark corner of the house to make sure there wasn't nothing messing up under there. And uh, and I seen I seen where the wood had been clawed out from underneath. And that hole in the floor, it wasn't it wasn't clawed out from inside down. It was clawed out from underneath up, and uh, and there wasn't anything up underneath there. So I came back out and blocked that hole up again, and uh, put some wood on it on the bottom and on the top. So, but like I said, you know, uh, these things they had came, they had gone, uh, and and the whole point of their visit. And when I went back in that bedroom, the gun cabinet was open. They had gotten in that gun cabinet, and that just happened to be where I'd kept that laser. And I seen that gun cabinet open, and I thought, man, I'm I'm walking around this house with a golf club, and I could have had a shotgun. But the problem, I didn't grab the shotgun because I thought I'd have to go find the key, and I had to come back and open this thing up. And uh, I had no idea they had opened it. But there was a shotgun right there, readily available, that I could have had instead of a golf club. And I thought, well... That explains it. They came to get the laser that I had shot at the craft. And I, I looked in there, and there was the laser box. I opened the laser box, expecting the laser to be gone, but there it was. It was still there. The laser was still right there. I don't know if they had didn't find it or if they had got it and looked at it and left it. Uh, but the whole thing, it was like the whole encounter had stopped when they got to the point where the laser was being kept. So I just have to assume that that laser was probably the purpose of the visit checking it out seeing what it was maybe they had never seen one i don't know it inspired their curiosity to check it out they didn't take it maybe they just looked at it maybe they x-rayed i don't know what they did with it but these things were odd they were uh, little ugly creatures and i and and i've seen the et since i met them up close and personal finally finally i met them they finally introduced themselves to me and these weren't that these little guys. This is the only encounter I had with these little guys. And I think these little guys are like a recon team for the other aliens. They're subservience of something else. And these little guys are excellent at what they do. They're like a recon team. And uh, what they were doing was uh, exactly what they were good at. And 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 that's the way it was. I've seen several different species in the in these. This is a groups of several different species from several different planets working together for a common goal is who these guys are and and these guys uh like i said i'm finally going to get to meet them uh but before i got to meet them it was exactly one year after this home invasion and i was down there working i was down there getting a load of crude oil and i was in my truck and it was early it was like nine o'clock at night and uh it just got it hadn't been dark all that long and I went down there and getting this load of oil, and I hadn't seen anything in a solid year. And I thought, well, I guess they're done with me. I'll never see anything like that again. Uh, you know, it's almost as scary as it was. It was almost disappointing, you know, when you see that kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden there's nothing. Life is just back to normal again. I'd gone a year without seeing anything, which is disappointing that I hadn't seen anything. And, and all of a sudden I go down here to this lease not expecting to see anything. In fact, I was on the phone. With a friend of mine, I pulled up on this lease, and, and all of a sudden, those these lights came on, and it probably wasn't 50 yards from me, and it was right on the ground, and they were parked on the ground. These lights came on, this thing took off from the ground, 
and it flew over these mesquite trees. And mesquite, these mesquite trees ain't about 15, 20 feet tall. And so this thing took up off the ground. And as soon as it got high enough to clear the mesquite trees, it started moving. And it, it was going to move right over my truck, man. So I, I hung up the phone, and I loaded up my camera. And I was hanging out of my truck window up to the waist, waiting for this thing to pass over me and hoping to get a good picture of it. And, and this thing just blinked out. And I couldn't see anything. I couldn't hear anything. This thing had to have passed right over the top of my truck, and I could I couldn't see anything. I mean, it just lifted up, started moving over the trees, and then all the lights just blinked out on it, and it was just total darkness, no sound whatsoever, and it had to pass right over me. And I was frustrated. I couldn't get a picture of that. So I was sitting there, and I, but I had a ticket suspicious. These guys, they didn't leave. They're just they're still out here somewhere watching me from the dark or something. And I, I started doing my job, and I looked up out there, and all of a sudden these lights came on probably a quarter mile from me over the trees. And I thought, there they are. I know it. I know they didn't leave. They're hang, still hanging out over there. And then this thing, I got my lights up, and I started getting some pictures. I was excited, man. It's the first time I'd have been able to get some pictures of this thing. And Mopon had been harassing me like, hey. Get some pictures, Ronnie. We, you know, we'd love to believe you if you could get some pictures. And, and so I was determined to get some pictures. So, And I got my camera out, and, man, I was getting some pictures of some lights. And, man, I, I was taking some pictures of some stupid lights. But, you know, lights, that's about the worst. <laughs> if you see lights, that's amazing. It's awesome. And, but that don't prove anything to, to people who are out there are the debunkers and non-believers of lights. When you show them a picture of a light in the darkness, that don't mean anything to them. That just means you're taking pictures of street lights while you're on drugs or something like that. You know, they don't. And it, so I was, but I was happy to get a picture of anything. So I was slapping away, and, and I didn't know. But unfortunately, I was filling my memory up on my camera that this 2011, I had this flip phone. And it was a Motorola Tundra, which was a fancy-ass military phone. Uh, waterproof and stuff, you know, and that was a good phone at the time. And the reason I had spent the extra money to get this phone because it had a, the better camera. It was waterproof. It was rugged, and it could survive out there in the oil field. And that's the reason I had this thing. And I was and I was getting some pictures of these lights, but I was filling my memory up that I would need later. And, hey, uh, if I, can I can if I interrupt, I, you, interrupt you for on this radio? This is series one, episode one with Ronnie Dawson. And uh, I just wanted to intervene or quick infomercial for Motorola because I use Motorola too. Maybe we can get them in the future to sponsor us. But what uh, if uh, I still have a Motorola, but what was that Motorola Tundra waterproof? Because I need a waterproof uh, so I can start taking pictures around Gulf Breeze outside. But uh, I use Consumer Cellular. Uh, can you tell me, do you have a Motorola now? But let's do a cell phone infomercial for you and me. For Maybe they'll come sponsor us in the future. You never know. And they can go to patreon.com forward slash Teresa J. Morris because there's so many Teresa Morris's. Teresa J. Morris. But what kind of phone you have now, Ronnie, we'll just put in too. I got a mo- I got two Motorola's and a Samsung. I hadn't got into all those Apple products because I was a writer, journalist, investigative reporter. Oh, yeah. So I I went with Microsoft and Word, and I use WordPress and GoDaddy. But what do you use for a phone right now? And then we'll get back to your story. 
Yeah, right now I've a uh, I just ordered the new Galaxy S10. It's a that new Samsung phone that they just came out with not long ago. So I'm using a Galaxy Seven right now, and I'm taking some pictures with it, and it's not bad. But you know, the truth is, not many of these cameras out there actually do really well at night. You know, these cameras uh, taking pictures of UFOs at night, nobody really does very good at it. Unfortunately, but we need them for yeah. the UFO conferences because, like you said, they don't oh, believe yeah. us anyway. And the ATs used to wouldn't let me. I had the best cameras. This was before, uh, you know, in the 80s, and because uh, I worked as an investigator. But you know, I had the best Pentax, the best Canon, and all that high resolution stuff. But can you tell me the next generation of Galaxy is the 20? They got three epic model news about Galaxy 20, but every once in a while around the hour, folks, we'll do a little quick infomercial because uh, some of my uh, directors, program managers of other stations don't like me to do infomercials. But, uh, folks, we never know when we're going to get a sponsor that likes our paranormal, spirituality, psychic, you know, our uh, new paranormal is the new normal, too. So, uh you know, Ronnie's trying to help me get where I can pay my bills here. And we're, some of them are just giving me a dollar a month on Patreon, some $5 a month. So what you got here? You think Samsung? I'm looking at the 20 on my computer. There's three epic models. But you, it says, so you got the 10? You got the Yeah, I got Galaxy the S10 10? Plus. Yeah, S10 Plus. Is, we, we got it ordered right now. We're actually waiting on it, so... Uh, yeah, I'm excited okay. every time they come out with new phones and I actually get one because the cameras are always better than the ones before. You know, so yeah, it's exciting to get a. Well, did you yeah, know about this they, S20? Oh yeah, my God, S20 it's $1,199, isn't it? Yeah, the Ultra. Man. Yeah, that's the one. I looked at, the, I looked at it, I wanted it, I just couldn't afford it. <laughs> I couldn't afford well, it. Well, they. AT&T, you can buy them monthly for 40 a month. But let me go see what that the newest Motorola is, because I love Motorola. Uh, and yeah, I got, uh, yeah. as a truck driver, you know, we use yeah, Motorola. Well, me and my wife are S10 for what the uh, the new Galaxy 20, 20 Ultra would cost. So <laughs> I wanted it really bad, but I had to go a little bit cheaper. Motorola G7, is that the latest one? It says Motorola Droid Turbo. And uh, what one are you familiar with? You said in this uh, in this uh, episode, in this audio book, we're talk- you talked about the Tundra? I don't even see it on here. No, Did you that, say Tundra? Motorola? Yeah. yeah, back in 2011, the Tundra was, uh, I thought it was about one of the better phones out there. And it competed with the Rugby and some of them other phones like that that was weatherproof and rugged that oil field workers love to carry around because they were waterproof and rugged. But I've had phones just right. break so much. Yeah, they just, they well, just okay. couldn't vibrate beating, you know. So uh, the Tundra was excellent, was an excellent phone at that time. And that's the one that, that's what I caught the UFO pictures and and it was one of the first cameras that had video capabilities on it which was another selling item because uh, i wanted to get a, a video and, and i'm grateful that it did have video on it because this mothership a little bit later flew over me and i actually caught on video 15 seconds of footage that caught that captured the left hand side of this mile long craft 
and a lot of my UFO pictures that we've taken those still frames from that 15 seconds of footage and we've zoomed in and we've and I've had it analyzed and I've had it vetted by some of the best experts in the world and they said yeah it, it's, these are real pictures they're not manipulated we don't know what it is but we we know it's not been manufactured and well first can we do you have somebody that can help us analyze pictures because one of our members, Steve, he does UFO stuff, but he's in California. I have a whole bunch of our members in our ACO club in California helping us out, some on spiritual, some UFO, some alien contact. And uh, you, you chose paranormal so we could handle Bigfoot and other things. I've got some people that do uh, paranormal too, because on our ACO club. But I'll let you get yeah. back to your story, Ronnie. But I'll, I'll, every in the, uh, since we do an hour, and then uh, in the future, just watch uh, the clock when we start, and it gives us a little break if people need to go pee or get them something to drink, because uh, a lot of them are listening right now, because we have a huge over a million followers on Blog Talk, and. Uh, uh, Ahmad was proud of that, even though he knows it took me eight years to build it on Blog Talk. But now, uh, and I'm only do a little push for Rev, Rev Radio, Rev, Revolution Radio, because I said I wasn't going to promote them nothing, but I can't help myself. And Janet Lesson on Aquarian Radio, because they're my two best friends in radio. So I'm just going to plug them right now in the middle. All right, back to you, Ronnie, and, and you're plugging uh, for me for uh, New Mexico. But folks, I have to do it state by state because I have a federal ID to operate, and then I have my FCC license in the United States of America, and uh, they only let me do America, North and South America. But they can hear me all over the world, Australia and the Emirates, and I have people all over, and I have my people, uh, Russ Kellett in the U.K. and Tommy Hawks. Oh, I better remember Tommy. Tommy's one of our dollar members and he's been with me forever. He helps me with the articles and bylaws for our Ascension Center Ohana, which they actually have a non-denominational church. Ohana means family, Hawaiian, so to speak. But uh, just so you know, because my daughter helped me when she was 16 in Hawaii, 89 to 94, I, I put up the first Ascension Center. And we do Ascension Center. We do ancient mystery schools. And I've got the first original books before they ever even existed. And then Tony Stubbs did a book. And his, uh, Miss Flower, she's got a, a, a publishing company in uh, Arizona. So and so I help all the hypnotists in Arizona and uh, all those people. And she did Michael Sala's book. So Michael stays with me in uh, Norio Hawakawa. So, all right, well, that's enough infomercial. All right, back to you for the second part of the Series 1, Episode 1, and they're going to be on Ronnie Dawson's page on acoclub.app. That's right, folks, app. And then we, we've got it on Spreaker. I have to pay an extra 95 a month for it so y'all can see it on y'all's radio. I mean on your cell phones, all right? And uh, just hit it, and it should come up. If it don't, call me, 850-376-9100. And it's supposed to make a little app on your phone. Uh, but if it don't, call me, because we'll get it all fixed in May. All right, back to you, Ronnie. I'm going to help Ronnie Weekly. He's going to help me on my paranormal group and on my uh, Roswell ET uh, conventions. All right, back to you, Ronnie. I'm- all right, thank you. Thank you, Teresa. It's a... Uh- 
And I know I've been burning through the stories, but it's it just uh, it takes so long to tell it. <laughs> it takes so long to tell it, you know. It's hard to get it all in there. So I get on the roll. I just try to get it all out there so I don't forget anything. Uh, but uh, I was sitting there, and and like I said, I'd, I'd gotten some – I got some pictures of this thing, and uh, and then it had, finally it blinked out, and it had went went off out there, and and I didn't I didn't know where it went, but I was still suspicious that it was out there, and finally the lights came back on. It was on the ground, it was on the ground out there about a quarter mile out from me, and I thought, well, here's I I clicked on this video, had this thing on video, and I thought, well, if I video it, maybe I, we could see something through the trees walking around on the ground. So I video started the video on this thing and all of a sudden this thing leapfrogged like two hundred yards up in the air and back down to the ground and it sit on the ground for just a second. And then this thing shot up in the air and it was it was turning yellow and green and red and blue and, and it traveled it traveled every bit of a mile and it took about two seconds to go one mile. And 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 making those lights the whole time, and and I caught that whole thing on video, on that phone, and I was like, my God, I can't believe I just caught that on video. It was perfect timing. I just started the video when it when it did that odd stuff, and the camera was running, and sure enough, is at the very bottom of the video, and but that was I had caught this thing doing this little leapfrog jump and then taking off, and and I, and I play with rockets. I know. My fastest rocket travels about a mile in about three seconds. And this thing traveled about a mile in two seconds. So that told me that within two seconds, this thing hit, hit a speed of over 1,000 miles per hour. And there ain't a whole lot of stuff out there that can do that quietly like this, this thing did. And, and I actually caught it right there on video. And this is the same crap that I, that's going to come back in on me. I'm sitting there, and this thing, it disappeared, and all of a sudden, it, it appeared back over the field again a little bit later, and this time, this thing started moving right at me. It started coming straight at me, and, and it, it was getting too close for comfort now. I could see it blacking out the stars overhead. There was a dish-shaped blackness that was moving in front of the stars, and this thing was getting closer and closer, and I, and, and I was going, oh, man, you know, at some point, it's time to get the heck out of here, and this thing is coming straight at me. And uh, all I know is that it was I was ready to run, and my knees I start I got so scared when I, I looked up in the edge of that disc, blocking at the stars right over the top of my head, and, and my knees started shaking so bad that I could barely even pull off a walk, much less run through the forest like I wanted to. And I just waddled down them stairs, and I hid over there behind this tanks of the of this storage tank, and I'm looking between these tanks up at this thing. And, and uh, all of a sudden, this, I could see the lights inside this compartment that was hanging underneath the disc. And I was going, oh, my God, man, what's going to happen to me? And I started thinking, you know, this thing shoots these tanks. I just, I started, I've been loading crude oil. These tanks suck fresh oxygen in these things. It makes them extremely flammable. But this whole place is going to go up like a bomb if some kind of spark or static gets in these tanks. And I realized, oh, my God, you know, one one shot. with a laser or something like that to these tanks and the whole place is going to blow up me the truck everything and so i started backing out away from these tanks and my knees are still shaking so bad i could barely pull off a walk and i, I move a little ways over high behind this metal steel separator and i'm peering around this thing looking up at this ufo this this disc compartment underneath this thing this big white light comes on inside it and there's a shadow of something standing in the light like there's something looking out of this compartment 
and, I, and I'm just scared to death, and I'm looking, and I hide behind the supper open, they don't see me. And I look around, and I see how dark it is around that place, and I'm thinking, oh, man, there's something with slimy hands fixing to come running at me through the dark. You know, I, you know, it, it's quite entertaining to watch the, uh, you know, sci-fi horror movies, but I got to tell you, living a sci-fi horror, uh, being in a situation like this is not fun, man. My heart is beating out of my chest. My knees are shaking. I can't even run if I wanted to. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking clearly. I just can't having trouble moving my knees. And, but I look around this thing. And I thought, man, I need to get a picture. Really need to get a picture of this thing. So I pull my phone out. I lean around this metal separator. And I take one picture. And I don't even look at the display to see if I, I just point it at this thing. <laughs> it's, it's big enough and it's close enough. I know I can catch it without doing much aiming. So I just, and I didn't want these guys to see me. So I just kind of, I held I leaned around that corner until I got the camera pointed at this thing and I pushed one picture and I got that picture and you can see, and we zoomed in on that picture. You could see a creature of some sort. You, and it's got huge eyes and, and it's got short hair. And it, this turns out to be the alien that I would later meet in August, 2017. So this is, this is 2000, uh, 2011. I actually got a picture of the alien I would meet six years later, and she looked just like she did in that picture. And uh, was it, you know, and I and I and I was happy that I caught this thing, but it was scared to death at the same time. This thing finally it started backing away. The lights went out. It started backing away, and I could feel Maritilla coming. This thing backed up, backed away about a hundred yards out there, and then the lights just went out on it. And here comes this military jet. And this thing is low enough to the ground; it passes right over the top of the tank battery that I was hide, that I was hiding behind. And I mean, I looked up; I could see it looked like an F-16. It went right over that top of the tanks, maybe not that high up either. And it, it should have collided with the thing. It, it should have it should have collided with it. I thought because it I thought, man, I'm supposed to see a battle between a jet and a UFO. And the jet just went out there, and it made a big sweeping circle, and then it headed back towards the Abilene Dias Air Force Base. And uh, I thought, you know, this this jet wasn't even out of sight. I could still see the red light on the tail of it uh, as it was going out of sight. And then the UFO light came back on over the field out there. And, and I was like, the UFO's still there. The jet didn't see it. It didn't collide with it. They didn't have a firefight. And the jet's still in sight and leaving, and this UFO comes back on out there, right not far from the same area that I last seen it, you know. So it was like it hit from that jet like it wasn't nothing. And that jet headed away, and, uh, and finally the UFO, it, back, it backed away. The lights went out on it, and I didn't see it for a little while. I noticed there was, a, there was a grouping of lights above my head that was doing this big circle around the whole location. And this thing was just, it was, it was probably doing a, a circle around my area, probably for 10, 10. Hey, Ronnie, if you can hear me, you dropped off a couple of times. Uh, wasn't too bad for a couple of seconds. I can't hear you right now. And my, it's, it's not my equipment, so it's on your end. But he did tell me occasionally they uh, have trouble in Texas. Can you hear me, Ronnie? Ronnie, he's going to call back in, y'all, so hold on just a minute. 
And uh, while I'm waiting on him, uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> okay, this is TJ Mars ET Radio is the brand. And uh, I use all kind of resources out there. So I, I want to give a shout out to iTunes, and uh, which is Apple, I guess now, and, and Stitcher and Spreaker and Spotify and uh, Crowdcast and uh, Blueberry. Uh, let's see, what else? Bean Pod, uh, Bean Quest, I don't know, Beans This and That, FM Radio. Oh my gosh, I am so syndicated and I pay extra. Now, some, most of those I don't have to pay, but if if they do, now some of them I do. And I've got about 100 a month going out to Spreaker, but I've got two channels out there if y'all want to hear me on Spreaker. But I'm waiting on uh, uh, my first, I'm doing audio books to help people get their stories out there. So if you've got a story and you want to join our club, it, we're doing audio books. We've got a discount club, but I have Ascension Center Organization, and I have American Communications Online. So uh, Janet helps me with ascensioncenter.net for our Ascension type of uh, metaphysical. We have Ace Metaphysical Institute, and I've been asked to help Edgar Casey group here in Gulf Breeze. Uh, to set them up a chapter. Uh, so I'm working with two ladies on that, and then we have meetup groups, paranormal physical meetup groups. And uh, I pay about 25 a month on meetup groups, but I'm working. Now we've we've got some other uh, little podcasters starting to show up because they're getting really popular. Even one here, two drinks and a something uh, on one of these that I'm on too. So here from Gulf Breeze. What was her name? Was it Veronica? Uh, but she wanted me to come on her show for Paranormal. They do a Paranormal show. So shout out for her. Two drinks and a something. <laughs> Some of these other stations I'm on. And she just started. She's new out of Gulf Breeze. And uh, let's see. I need to talk about Marsha Booster Haney here in Gulf Breeze. And we do a couple of psychic fairs every six months. Uh, for uh, where my daughter works at Navarre Conference Center for the Patels and uh, here in Florida, and they've got several days in, and they've got the uh, days in Navarre Conference Center, and my daughter helps there. The ladies, uh, there's about five ladies that run the uh, for Mr. Patel's family uh, in days in Navarre. So, and we do work with India. Uh, because I love people from India because I have a past life there. I'm waiting on you, <laughs> Ronnie. I see the call dropped, but you ain't got on yet. So, And uh, this here is going to be the way we talk, and we're going to express a lot of us truck drivers from the south are all over because I drove all 48 Canada and Mexico. This was pre-Trump days. Pre well, it was during the Reagan era. And Bush and uh, Janet liked uh, over there in uh, Hawaii. She came over there when I was working with Clintons and uh, uh, Al Gore for Eco Expo. And uh, we don't uh, we're we're independents because we do radio. Okay, Revolution uh, may be a little right wing because Mike Ringley was a hawk, and uh, Janet may be a little left wing because she does Aquarian radio, New Age hippie stuff with her husband. Dr. Alexander Sasha Lessons, so 
they're definite bona fide Democrats, and uh, the right wing uh, Ahmed Painter Revolution Radio with Hawk. Uh, and uh, I'm in the middle. I'm the independent, and I don't take sides. Uh, and I'm right here in the middle. But now uh, my military people do. Uh, are you coming back, Ronnie? Because uh, you're not showing up yet. He must have. Uh, be having to rewire up another phone or something. But, folks, uh, if you want to call in, 347-945-7207. And everybody that has uh, watched me in, since 2012 knows I'm an author. So uh, the girls love our spirituality shows. Uh, actually, they put our psychic reading shows. So uh, I have a new uh, ACO Club person, Sherry Wyman. And Sherry Wyman Flynn out of California. And uh, I want to a big shout out to Robert uh, Butwin, uh, who's uh, one of our ACO Club connectors. Robert Butwin in California. I have a lot of people in New York and California. And then uh, me and my daughter had Atlanta Apparel March. Stephanie Parrish Saucier, she helps run. A lot of my social media on Facebook, uh, real good about showing up for ACO Club News. And uh, a whole bunch of people help me uh, as uh, admins in free social media out there. So y'all know who you are. And we have different groups on Facebook. And I tried some uh, admins, but uh, uh, one girl that didn't use her real name, Chant Hannah, came on some of my Facebooks to grab them back two years ago and built her up a whole radio station with somebody else. And I didn't know that's what she was doing. But uh, some other people in the UFO business asked me to look into her. So they know that's not her real name, and that's okay, I guess, now. But in the beginning, we still didn't know who she really was. <laughs> Except one of the girls that came on with me in my ACO club uh, trained her on how to do social media admin stuff. And uh, she was going to come on and do a show, but she uh, – had a big family in Ohio, but I'm uh, hopefully she's still out there in our social media. And she trained uh, the girl that went by Chant Hannah. I think Chant may be her name, but Hannah wasn't her last name. But there you go, Chant, for UFO Sunday News. Because <laughs> Jan Aldrich she went on a panel a couple of times on that show on Sundays. But uh, that's not us. That's just uh, free people in social media on uh, Facebook groups, some of our admins. They have our UFO groups. And then, let's see, Mutual UFO Network. I'll put a plug in for them. Jan uh, Harzan. Jan's been doing a great job for Mutual UFO Network and uh, running that out of California. We really appreciate California and all they're doing. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest groups for uh, people that want to put in their uh, a place to put in your call-ins and uh, – there he comes. Okay, good. Thank goodness. Two five four. Okay, and I don't know if Ronnie wants to give out his number or his wife's, but now she's going to be coming on, Mary Jane Dawson, because uh, she does DNA and genealogy and be helping us with that. But he just got back. All right, we're back on. We got about thirty minutes here. Ronnie, you back? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yay! Yeah. I don't know me? what happened because it. Yeah, it wasn't on my end. I kept the show going. I didn't cut it off. All right. Do you remember where you dropped off? Yes. Yes, I remember. Yes, okay, uh, good. And then 
you've only got about 30 minutes. Will we get up to your show that we put on here that they'll be able to hear the last? Uh, I know you're working on up because we can come back. You know, every week we'll keep running your story till you run out, and then we can put other people on. But also, if you can, at least the last, we only got 30 minutes but left. But at least if you can get all the way up to the end uh, of the show, we'll keep them on the cliffhanger, is we're going to talk about your latest ab- abduction and how it ties into what we wrote up. Remember, you wrote it up, and I asked you if I could use it, so uh, you can be a little bit of an investigative reporter journalist, too. So uh, remember at the last to leave time for transport to another world and got my physical conscience into clone for the first time February 2020. So be sure and and get that part in. But if you've got to go into a bunch of details, uh, remember that paragraph and then send me a paragraph every week. Of what you're going to talk about, but just I'm just telling you to be sure on this episode one to put that last paragraph in there, lead up to that, right? Okay. All, All right. right. Yeah. All yeah. right. I'm a mute. Back to series one, episode one with Ronnie Dawson, paranormal. You ain't gonna believe this. <laughs> okay. I'm mute. <laughs> Thank you, Teresa. Uh, yeah. I- Right there where I left off at is this light circling over this whole area, and I'm sitting here watching these things, and they're they're spiraling downward. And I'm thinking, well, here's another photo opportunity to see what this is. And, and these lights, there was one of them that was a real weird flickering. It was like not a, it was not a sequencing light like you would see on an aircraft. It had a very odd flash to it, and that would seem to be leading this thing. Anyways, this thing come down, and, and I went around the back side of my truck to get a better picture, and I stopped the loading process, and so everything was ready. This thing started coming in. It looked like it was gonna, it was coming right at me, like it was going to pass right over the top of me, not that high in the air, probably a little bit less than 1,000 feet. And the first thing is I noticed the sky started turning like a fog bank. Uh, the, the color of the sky started turning like it was getting foggy in this area. Then all of a sudden, this... I could see this flickering light that I'd been watching come out of this fog bank, and it was something on the tip of this big arrow. It's like an arrow-pointed tip of a a UFO, and it it was something hot reacting to the air flowing over it. No lights whatsoever. This thing looked like solid rock coming out of the fog, and it it looked like a spear tip. And it's something hot on the end of it was flickering as it was passing through the air. And this thing passed, started passing all the top of my head, and it just kept coming, and it kept coming, and it got bigger and bigger. It was probably 100 yards on both sides of me. If it would have fell out of the sky, it would have crushed me, the truck, the whole location. And this thing took two or three seconds to pass over me. It had miniature marks. It had burn marks. It had crater marks on the bottom of it. It looked like solid rock. And it looked like a meteor. And I thought, my God, is this a meteor? And this thing came, was going right over the top of me. I thought, man, I'm fixing to dive when this meteor hits the ground over here. Well, this thing, it looked like a meteor. And it, it looked like a, that, that uh, I, I guess that comet that came through here, that Omao or whatever. Yeah, it it looked like that. Except it, it looked like a, it was a big V-shaped thing. And I seen that it wasn't a meteor because it started slowing down. And I could see this huge pipe-looking openings coming out of the bottom of it. And I thought, well, this thing started slowing down. And the first, it came to a stop. And the first part that it passed over me started going straight up in the air. And this thing, and then all of a sudden, this, 
This thing was going up in the air like a skyscraper now. And then all of a sudden, this thing just shot off so fast that you could see the fog and the smoke being swept off the surface of it. You could see the air being disrupted around it and swirling as this thing took off. And it took off so fast, like it, it was a huge rock floating in the sky, and all of a sudden it was taking off faster than a jet could go. And this thing took off so fast, I grabbed my phone up, and I thought, man, if it keeps going like this, I'm going to miss miss it all together. And I pointed to, I thought, it's going to it's going to get out of here before I could even get the camera. And I pointed the eye of the camera at this thing, and I just pushed the button, and, it, and, I, and the video started running on this thing. And I caught the left it was a V-shaped craft a mile long. Each half of the V was probably half a mile. And I caught the left half of that V on that video footage. And, and we've been analyzing it for years and looking at the still frame images of it. And, man, there ain't nothing on this thing. It looks like it ever been touched by human hand. There was We found creatures on it. We found alien architecture. And this thing, it looked like it went away from me. And then it banked and came back to me. And it looked like a city built on the surface of this thing. And it, it almost looked looked completely alien. It didn't look like anything we could ever recognize. It, there were structures on it, but it didn't look like any kind of modern civil, civilized structures. It looked more like uh, something you see in the bottom of the ocean or something like coral. It looked like a coral reef or something like that that had been pulled out of the ocean that was flying around the north central Texas sky. And this thing, it, it, it started coming back. It banked away from me, then it bank to where I could see the top of it, and I actually caught the video of the top of it when it banked. It was coming back at me. So you get a good look at what's on this thing, and uh, and I've got pictures of that and the video of that. We've seen just some of the oddest stuff you could ever imagine on this thing, and we've been trying to explain it, and we don't have a clue what it was, but it's some of the weirdest UFO footage I think ever recorded by anyone in, in human history that I know of. And this thing came back, and it, it banked around this location, and when it took off, it took off at a 45-degree angle, and then went from a huge craft flying over the trees that was a mile long to just some dots moving across the sky, just like I had seen earlier. And it probably didn't take two seconds to get to that point. Uh, and it took off with such blazing speed that you could just, you just had to see it to, to believe it. It was just amazing. It was amazing sight. And it was too bad everybody in the world couldn't see it. And, and I've seen this, and I've been reporting on this, and we've been analyzing the footage, and, and that's where a lot of my pictures and, and stuff come from is from this huge thing that we've zoomed in. And, and it's not great pictures because it's taken at night of a moving object with a camera back in 2011. But I got to tell you, this is some of the most crazy, amazing footage that you'll ever see if you want to spend the time investigating it. And, and it has been vetted. It, people have looked at it hard at it, and they know that it's not been photoshopped. It's not been manipulated. And it certainly hasn't been explained. But uh, anyway, that, that, it's not it's not where the story ends. The story the story keeps going. Like it, it was about I'd seen these things, but I never had had contact. We made a UFO video of seeing this thing, and in my house was just these video anomalies, things flying around my house, like almost like ghost uh, things in my house. My house had never been haunted. But all of a sudden, after seeing these aliens and stuff, we've seen, like, mist, like free-roaming vapors moving around my house. And I've got some footage of that. And it was in August 2017. I come home from working nights. And this is the first time I met these things. And uh, I came home, and I went to bed, and I was absolutely asleep. And uh, these 
I all of a sudden I wasn't even dreaming. All of a sudden I started dreaming. I thought, and I there was these two women. They had me by the arms. They was pulling on me, and and what it was, there's two ETs pull pulled my living conscious out of my sleeping body for a conversation, and they and they started apologizing about disturbing my rest, and they told me they were from another world, and they needed to have a conversation, and the conversation basically was that these guys have been watching us, and the, and they and the people of their world are demanding to meet the people of my world, and they want they want to not talk about how to go about doing this, and and basically. Uh, you know, and I was like, "Really? Is this true?" And my wife went walking through the bedroom, and my sleeping body was laying there in bed. And I see my wife just clear as day. She, she said, "This is where we watch you from," and I could see everything moving about the room. I could see my wife walking in and out of the bedroom, and I'm having a conversation with these things, and they can't see us. My wife couldn't see us, I could, but I could see her, the clothes she's wearing. I could see the the sun sh- shining around the windows at nine o'clock in the morning when this all occurred. I could see everything about the house. I could see my body sleeping in the bed, and it, it was just the oddest thing you could ever imagine. And, and anyway, I, I was sitting there talking to these things, and they and they wanted to know how. And there was like two females. There was one looked like a leopard. She had a cat's mouth instead of a human mouth. The other one looked very human, tall, skinny, athletic. And, and they even pointed out that the clothing they were wearing said our world is already affected the world because they've seen our, some of our clothing and they and they fell in love with it and they've used the fabrics from their world to make it and 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 they've already some of our clothing designs have already become popular on their world just from watching ours. And I asked them, I said, you know, I've always heard if you ever get the chance to talk to you, tell them, ask them how they got here. And and so I did. I said, "Can you show me? Can you show me how you got here?" And they told, they instructed me to walk. I said, "Yeah, yeah." See, just said, "Go through the wall, and you'll be able to see our world, my world." She said, "Not our world." And she said, "You'll be able to see my planet." And I'm going, "What?" I thought maybe I'd walk to see a ship or something like that, but no. She said, she instructed me to walk through the wall. There's, I had to walk through this picture. This glass was going to hit me in the face, and uh, I was afraid it was going to cut my face. So I was going really slow. And she was. Like hurry up, go, man, go. You know you're, you're like we're, they were in a hurry, so uh, they had me walk through the world. I fell in outer space in some place, some universe, somewhere. I, I guess they had placed a stargate over my bedroom, and I had walked out of this thing into God knows where. I could see this alien planet. I could see a black hole in the sky, like the galactic center, with planets being sucked into it, and. Uh, and it just blew me away, and I was in zero gravity doing this head flip, and finally they pulled me back into the room, and uh, and then they they wanted a genetic sample from me. I said, yeah, yeah, I'll give you whatever you need, you know. And uh, so they, I give them a genetic sample. We'll maybe go into that later. It takes too long to tell, but anyway, they got a genetic sample, and from what their conversation indicated, they were going to make it, going to make a clone. They needed genetic samples from everybody, like they're trying to make some kind of a genetic code where we could be transferred into clone bodies, but the clone bodies will be able to accept this physical consciousness of anyone instead of just the one person that they were making it for. Like when they made my clone, I'm the only one that can use it, but they're wanting to build a genetic code and get and get the physical sample. They wanted to get biological samples from everybody to make some kind of super code where you could transfer many people into the two one clones. It's what it seemed like to me. Uh, this was all very 
over my head trying to understand how this is all going to work. And, 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 and I know one of the things they told me is that I need to tell my genetic people here that uh, we should modify our genetic code from a double helix to a triple helix. And I didn't have any clue what she was talking about. I had to get on the Google and, and research that, and I found out that's our genetic model for DNA here. And and they, she goes, we'll be able to cure most of our own diseases, you know, if we could just do this. And uh, but like I said, so I've you know I've passed it on, and and they also told me they said they said like one of the first rules of contact is when you meet these, you meet us for the first time, tell your people not to. And said only physical contact after physical permission is given and received. In other words, before you grab them, shake your hands or hug them, they want you to ask permission first. Is what it seems like to me. It's like the first rule of first rule of conduct, and they wanted me to pass that on to everyone. Well, anyway, when it come time to leave, they they had me. They said just lay back on your body, and I laid back on my body. Nothing happened. And I said, look, I said, I was thinking to myself, y'all ain't very good at this, you know. And she said, well, get back up. She said, just leap on your body. And and when I stood back up and I leaped on my body, it felt like I fell 10 feet. I woke up. I woke up in the bed, and the room looked identically like it did just a few minutes earlier when I was talking to them. And I had a feeling they were still there looking at me. I just couldn't see them now. I was seeing my physical body looking, seeing the same thing my wife saw when she walked in the room, which is nothing. And I thought, my God, you know. And and anyway, when I looked at the wall, the part of the wall that I walked through, there was a stud in the wall went through my right shoulder. I remember I had to struggle through it. It was when you walk through physical, when you walk through physical matter in this this place, you're like a it's like a ghost ram. I could feel this stud in the wall moving through my shoulder. I checked it with the stud finder, and right there where I went through the wall, there's a stud exactly where my right shoulder would hit. And you know, I wondered, and and this happened in August of 2017, so. There hasn't been a whole lot happened happened since then. I, I thought, well, you know, maybe they got my advice. Maybe they're done with me. I haven't, I've seen some UFO lights, but I hadn't really seen anything spectacular. Well, about February 2020, and I don't, I don't really have all these vivid UFO dreams, or and even though I've seen this stuff, I, I kind of have stupid dreams that don't mean anything. I mean, in February 2020, I had this. I thought it was just a dream. And anyway, in this dream, they had like pulled me and they had put me in a body on this alien planet. And, and I remember when they first put me in, in this thing, I, it was like I was drunk. I was falling down. I couldn't stand up straight. I kept falling down. They kept picking me up. I kept falling down. And she said, just sit there on the ground. And she goes, your synapses have to align or something to that degree. And anyway, finally, everything, I guess, got aligned and I could work. And I thought, what do you mean? And and there was another guy there named Jonathan, and he was another he was another human just like me, uh, and and he he kind of told me his last name, and I'm still gonna look and see if I can find this guy. And told me I think I know the country he's from, and uh, and he was there. He said that he was gonna be the second one for this penile augmentation, and I'm going what are you talking about? He goes he said I guess you realize this is an Earth, right? And I look around, there's just white houses. It's a small community of these white houses. They look like 60 south houses. They have white picket fences. They have these grass lawns. They all look identical. The yards look identical. The picket fences look identical. The streets look nice, but there's not a car anywhere. There's this big surgical tent set up where these guys are doing stuff inside there. And this ET that came out and, 
and talked to me was wearing like this surgical uh, gown looking thing where you couldn't really see much of her. And and anyway, what they were doing, and she goes, well, she, she goes, not, she, and she introduced me to this Jonathan guy. She goes, this is Ronnie Dawson. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Ronnie Dawson. She, she said, no, I don't. She said, I mean the real Ronnie Dawson. And he said, the real Ronnie Dawson? Are you serious? And he goes, oh, my God. Then he acted like he was meeting me for the first time. He was familiar with the clone, and he had been around the Ronnie Dawson clone, but he didn't realize that this is the first time Ronnie Dawson was in this thing. So he was excited to meet me and shaking my hand, and he, and he had a little bit of a weird accent. And, uh, and he, he said, I guess you realize this is an Earth. And he said, look at the sun. And, and I looked up at the sun, and it was a whole lot larger than the sun, and it was, it was near. He said, you can almost look at it. And I looked, and you could, it was huge and burning in the sky, but it wasn't bright as our sun. I mean, you could almost stare at it. You could stare at it for a brief second without it hurting your eyes too bad. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely not our sun. And he said, yeah, this is not Earth. He goes, he goes, look at these houses. He goes, they're, I said, yeah, they look like they're like 1960s houses in perfect condition, you know. And he goes, yeah. He said they built this this place a long time ago. And it's, he said – he said, yeah, it's like everything's in perfect condition, like it hasn't aged today. And it was like uh, like a retro, had a really retro-looking place. And there wasn't, there wasn't mountains and there wasn't hills, and the temperature was perfect. The air was easy to breathe, and the only thing weird, you wouldn't know you wasn't on Earth, like in Kansas or someplace. I didn't really see no mountains or anything in the background. I didn't really see any clouds visible. And the air was easy to breathe. The temperature was perfect. And anyway, they, uh, she come back out and she said that, uh, she said, well, we said, we've got a, we've got a female woman in here and she's having, she's going through an extra cycle. I didn't know what extra cycle, extra cycle, never heard that word before, never used it in my whole life. It's not even in my vocabulary. Uh, apparently that is when cats have going to heat, they have this cycle. And I guess when they breed, they 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 get out of the cycle quicker or something like that, and she was asking me to go in there and and have sex with this female, and and they wanted to test out my augmented penis, and I thought, what in the world are you talking about? And she said, in your body back on Earth, we had to give it, we had to inoculate it to protect uh, protect our interest. And I was, and I looked at the back of that leg where she said that I had been inoculated. There's nothing on it. And she goes, No. She said, I mean your body back there. And she and she was like pointing like like back on Earth. Like and I started kind of realizing, you know, this is not really man. And it really come to come into play. She goes, She said, Now she said, Pull your. I said, Yeah, I'll, I'll be willing to do that if, if it would help you out. Whatever, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to help you. Whatever, I want to stay and get with these guys. I know I represent every man, woman, child on the planet in relation with these things, and I don't want to piss them off. I want to, I want to do everything I can to help them and get along with them. And she said, Well, uh, said that said this is your this is your clone body, and and it has a penile augmentation that we haven't tested out yet. And I'm going really. And she said, "Well, to pull your short, I pulled my shorts down, and this thing, what used to be a penis, is this thing is like long and lanky, and 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 she said, just leave your shorts off. And I pulled these shorts off, and she put this some kind of sand under my nose, and this thing got erect, and it was like 17 inches long, and it, it seemed like it came up almost to my chin. And the other guy 
that Jonathan guy was freaked out because he was the second, he was going to be the second person to get one of these. And he had never seen one before. And he was like, Oh my God, I'm going, Oh my God. Yeah. And, and she goes, yeah, she said, she said, that's so you can uh, mate with the females or whatever. Well, we can mate with the females or whatever. And so, so anyway, she, so she, I followed her in the tent and, and they had me have sex with this female alien. It was a young cat woman. She, I mean, she looked like a, a humanoid, but she had this same cat nose and mouth that the other one I had seen had, and they and they had me have sex with this thing, and with this long ass weird penis thing they had put on it, put on me, and then <laughs> I got out of there. And she said, "You can leave. You you don't want to see the rest of this." And, and so I left the room and was talking to that Jonathan guy again, and they were doing something in there. Anyway, they came out later with an intestine of her vaginal tract and they wanted me to see if the penis they had made would go all the way to the end of it which was the weirdest request you could ever imagine and they had these orderly people there they pulled it out of the sack we laid it over that one of the picket fences over there we found the opening she gave me the sand again to make this thing erect and and i stuck this i had to put this thing over it and it was and you could see it came, it filled the thing completely up, I guess, like it was supposed to or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was just the oddest thing you could ever imagine. And, uh, and like I said, then after they pulled it off and then, and all of a sudden this thing, it just, she said, well, move it up and down on it. And I moved it up and down on it. And all of a sudden I said, well, she said, do you feel like ejaculating? I said, no, I don't. I, I, sorry, I said, I don't feel like ejaculating, you know. And and it's just a gut hanging on a fence, if you could imagine that. I'm like, nothing, nothing to be excited about. So I pulled pull this thing like a sleeve off of this long-ass penis thing they had put on this body. And uh, and then all of a sudden, after I pulled it off and put it back in the sack that they, they had carried it in, all of a sudden, this semen just starts coming out of this long thing of mine. <laughs> it just started dripping out. A lot of it just dripping out. And I just, I couldn't feel anything. But it was dripping. It dripped on the shoe of this thing. And the Jonathan guy laughed at it. And uh, <laughs> if you can imagine, this is a, a, the oddest experience. And and like I said, he laughed at it. And it was like, she said, well, you know, it's, all right. It, you know, said, we did everything we need to do today or whatever. And the next thing I know, I wake up in bed, right? I'm going, oh, my God, that is the weirdest dream ever. And I thought, wow, was that a dream? What heck was that? You know, what was wow, that? Wow, I didn't dream? notice. I, you said Who the P word. I guess, I guess that's okay. <laughs> I've never had a show with the P word on here. But uh, I don't P-P- know what to call it. <laughs> The, the PP word. I don't know. One of my friends, good friends out of Texas, calls it PP, but people make fun of him because he was a CIA agent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he does conferences. He's been on radio shows with me. He loves me and I love him. And we were both uh, investigators. And, uh, you know, and I love him. So Daryl Sims. You know Daryl? He's in your, yes, your state. Yes. I met him. You know. Have you been on? Uh, do you, did you meet Daryl at the Roswell UFO? He goes there to Roswell. Yeah, yeah, that's where I met him. Actually, was at Roswell. Really? I 
Oh, he's so sweet to me, and uh, God, he's got a lot of animals. And, you know, we talked about his son and his wife and his kids and his dogs and, you know, animals. He's an animal lover. He's got a beautiful wife. But, uh, folks, uh, our paranormal world, I can't believe Ronnie knows him. I didn't know if Ronnie knew him. This is Ronnie's only been on a couple of my shows, but he was a truck driver like me out of Texas, and so is Daryl. So this is old home week then. So uh, tell me what you know about Daryl because we only got a few minutes left. So, uh, folks, I know y'all make fun of us, tinfoil hats and uh, Bigfoot, and we got commercials and stuff. But, you know, I've got Ace Folk Life Society, and Daryl and me and Ronnie, you know, we can all have different opinions. But uh, it's okay because we've got a, a, a a mad painter, uh, Thomas R. Becker, made me a, a disclaimer on the front of this. But uh, I guess <laughs> it sounds more educated the way Ronnie said it, but I didn't really know. But now, you know, sometimes we have paranormal romance novels, and women love them. And we try to uh, – so many publishers won't do our books, so we're independent publishers and my brand is Timely Manor Books, and I do Kindle Books, and I do Amazon. But, you know, it looks funny when you say the P word, but uh, it sounds better than PP. But uh, we don't know. We're adults. So we're trying to figure out how to do uh, broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so bear with me and Ronnie. But, Ronnie, if we get hit on that, somebody will let me know because i got all these fancy big companies saying, right. you know, I can and can't do stuff, but I apologize. But we got to tell our story. What do y'all want us to call it? Our, our long dong, <laughs> our dong long, or ET, or yeah, alien, or. But yeah. we got to get with everybody on this. Daryl Daryl Sims out of Texas. He does conventions. But give me the Daryl Sims story and what year that was, if you don't mind. You and Daryl okay. get together. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like you know when when I woke up. I thought it was a. I was telling myself it was just a dream, and then I went in the bathroom, and my wife said, "What is that on the back of your leg?" And I looked on my back of my left leg, and there was that picture I sent you of the marks, the triangular marks yep. on my leg. And Those I was like, dots. "Oh my god!" Are... Yeah, and they told me they, they inoculated me. They inoculated me so I'd be safe. They were protecting their interests from, the, I think, the COVID nineteen virus, perhaps. And it was like maybe. So scientists started taking some of my blood and see if it is inoculated, how they did it. Uh, maybe we could use it. I'd be willing to give a blood sample if somebody wanted to pursue that. But, uh, well, can you anyway, let Daryl know? Uh, I need you to send that picture to Daryl Sims so he can put it in his uh, collection out of Texas for our alien abduction. Right. And then Steve Coburn does our California investigations. Uh, he's a real smart right. engineer uh, person. You know, right. Steve? I'll, I'll no, get I you in touch if you don't know Steve. I hadn't had him on here in a while, but I'll have him back. He was having family stuff, and, and uh, you know, like you, sometimes it's hard to get uh, y'all on y'all cell phones connected to my uh, show. But I'll get you hooked up with Steve, and we'll have you come back and do a show. Or have Steve come on your show on Saturday sometime. You know, on this paranormal, but uh, we need us back an alien contact org in ET stuff. All right, but uh, we've only got a, a minute or two. But just real quickly, uh, let everybody know in this first episode how you know Daryl Sims and y'all met at the Roswell 
UFO conference thing, right? Yes, yes. I I, uh, I met Daryl Sims at the Ross UFO conference. I never met him before. Like he's, he looked like Johnny Cash, you know, dressed in black. He does. Black hat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then we we sat on a we sat on a uh, experiences panel on uh, NBC's first look episode, and it was filmed there at Roswell. And he was also on the panel with me. So that's how, that's how I know Daryl. Uh, like I said, now what year nice was NBC it, panel? Yeah, what year was, uh, was that, Ronnie? Uh, it was. I think it was. It was a year not this last October, but a year before that. Uh, we found we'll it. See, this was in eighteen. Yeah, first it was that first look within on NBC. Okay. Well, I appreciate you, Ronnie and Daryl. I love you, Daryl Sims. We gave you a, a little uh, infomercial here. How you met Ronnie on Ronnie's first. Real show before Ronnie's been a guest for me over the years uh, with me and Janet Lesson, uh, and I think you were on Revolution Radio too. But anyway, I love all my friends in radio and in all the conferences, UFO conferences. So, y'all give me a call when you can. All right, Ronnie. Well, that's the end. We we ended uh, episode one with Daryl Sims and the Roswell UFO conference that met November 2018. So put that on your book. I want you to keep a journal, Ronnie, please, because I'll ask you <laughs> questions that I don't remember. And we're, we're I put down that we're going to be historians, and we're going to be alienologists, and we're going to be ufologists, uh, and phenomenologists. And I guess uh, we'll have friends in our paranormalists. I don't know if that's a word or not. Because <laughs> you said uh, one of these shows we're going to do Bigfoot too, right? We're going to do cryptids and sure. cryptic and yeah. feminology and all right, phenomenology and uh, the PP is the load. So y'all don't y- y'all don't yell at us and have all these p- pickets in front of my house in Florida now, because you know I do spiritual tomorrow Sunday, y'all. Y'all know I do Ascension Ancient Mystery Schools, Ascension Center Ohana on Sundays. And y'all, you know, that's spiritual. So we're all things, folks. We're all things allowed by law. And believe me, I'll hear about the... But we're we're human. And, and none of us are perfect because we wouldn't be human, would we? So, all right. Well, love and light, Ronnie. And you tell Mary Jane I sent it to uh, her Gmail. And uh, whenever you can't make it, uh, she can prepare some... DNA shows in her research and come on and educate us. Uh, uh, educational oh, cool. entertainment, folks. All right? So uh, on the days great. you can't make it, she can come and talk about all the stuff she does. And, uh, okay. All right. All right. Well, now, are we going to do 7 o'clock next week, and you're going to send me what the topics are going to be, right? Yeah, 7 o'clock. All right. Send me a little paragraph and use your selfie Next Saturday, 7 p.m., our normal time, unless we come on at 3 o'clock. So it'll be either 3 p.m. or 7. Now, all of y'all can go. Uh, I've already put the link on Ronnie's page because I want to build up our ACO Club dot app. Like, it says APP. They're doing those like they did uh, dot com, dot info, dot org. And I have all those. I've got over 35 web domain names, including Stargate, Portal Stargate, Stargate Con. Oh, my gosh, for events. But right now I'm resting them 
until we need them, and it costs me at least 20 a year usually, but I'm trying to get a discount for us uh, back again like I was. Uh, so we got a discount as a reseller. Uh, it cost me 170 a, a year uh, so we can get discounts because now because we're going to be selling our books, we've got to have SSL certificates on here, Ronnie, and they all cost 65 or 70 apiece. So uh, I'm trying to get us a discount, y'all, on ACO Club. I'm working it out now, but it cost me a couple hundred bucks. Remember, I already pay a 300 budget for our club, so that's going to cost us $500. I don't know if I can afford it in May. It may be June, but I'll try to get our discounts. So Ronnie, stay in. Daryl Sims knows, uh, knows us, and uh, uh, get Daryl to come on one of our shows, okay, on a s Saturday if you can. And we'll talk about how y'all met in y'all's Roswell. But let's get him on before July, okay? He'll come on. Yeah, we can try. We don't know what he's got going on. All right. All right. Well, love and light. And so next Saturday, right, 7 p.m., same, not same time, 7 p.m. next week, next Saturday. Yes. Now, is that yeah, in May? Is, look at your calendar and put it on your calendar and, folks, you'll see it on our Google Calendar. I'll put it on Google Calendar. But what date is it, Ronnie? Saturday, May, or April? It's going to be... I can't see it. Yeah, it's it's going to be um, May 2nd at 7 p.m. All right. All right. Now, uh, folks, we're trying to commit Ronnie to this, and if he can't make it, Mary Jane or maybe Daryl Sims or Steve Colburn on Saturdays. So our ACO club can be alien contact organizers, too, or abductees or whatever. I don't know. Call us ufologists, alienologists, phenomenologists. I don't care. Anyway, just don't call us late for dinner because, man, I love to eat. <laughs> well, y'all come back now. You hear? Now, Ronnie, you be sure and tell your friends that you're going to be promoting ACO club and my Patreon.com forward slash Teresa J. Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S. If y'all can give a dollar a month, we appreciate it for our radio shows, if y'all like what we're doing, and then buy our books. And, Ronnie, I will get. I need a copy of that book cover so I can put it on your Ronnie Dawson page on ACO Club, and then we'll put the link to buy it on Amazon, okay, in, on under that book page, picture. So send it to me, okay, okay and, and your – Okay. Love and light, everybody. Join us if you're author or speaker yeah. or event. Love you, Ronnie. Thanks a lot. See you next week. Good. Send me All the right, weekly we'll email on, on the topic, right? Good okay. show, Ronnie. Good show. Thank, Thank you. you.